Welcome back. My name's Loman. I'm about to tell you another story. Now, last time we met, old Cerulean and Tin had ran into Jasmine, who turned out to be sort of a caretaker for magical creatures in a secret sort of zoo. The strangest thing about it all was is that it was Detective Calamity who led them there in the first place, leading Tin to have a theory that maybe Detective Calamity wanted to show that if Tin and Cerulean wanted to give up their Andromedos, those Andromedos would live in a peaceful environment taken care of by Jasmine and other professionals like her. Meanwhile, Mr. McSorley was apparently off in Hawaii enjoying a vacation that he had won through some contest or I don't know. Anyway, we only got two more of these, so we're going to wrap it up. Pay attention now. If you're liking the pod, make sure you rate and review it. Share it with a friend. You can always go over there to patreon.com backslash bear island if you wish. Anyway, here goes my name, Loman. Only one who knows these course. Here we go. Come in here, restore you with me. Come in here, restore you with me. Wherever you are, that's a fine place to be. So come on, he restore me. Well, after that, Cerulean and Tin decided that they were going to have to think about things in a couple different ways. Old McSorley was off in Hawaii and they started to visit Jasmine more and more often. And what they found was that sure enough, Jasmine and the other caretakers in that magical zoo sure did take good care of their charges. All the animals in there, even the most dangerous fire-breathing sorts, had what they needed. They had food, they had lots of space to roam, They had different animals to interact with. They had animals of their own kind. And uh, Cerulean and Tin knew firsthand about how useful it is for their creatures to know that they weren't alone in the world. I mean, Scruff and Sparkles, they got along like two peas in a pod. Still, it didn't sit quite right with Cerulean and Tin that all those animals should be all cooped up inside there. One day, as they were out in Forest Park, practicing flying with their creatures and feeding their Andromedos lots of blueberries and stuff like that, they had a little discussion about it. I don't know, said Cerulean, I don't think I would like to think about Scruff just sort of cooped up inside a cage, you know, even all day long. I mean, even though it's a a big cage, it's still a cage in the end. Well, said Tin, I guess, but... Do you think we really know the best way to take care of an animal like this? I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe we just you know send it on in there and, and, and hope for the best. Are you kidding me, said Cerulean. You think you could say goodbye to Sparkles? Oh, no, said Tin, holding Sparkles closer even as the thought came to him. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, if it was the best thing for Sparkles to go into that, into that place, then I would want the best thing for him. Well, Tin couldn't say anything about that, that's for sure. Because if it was the best thing for, for Scruff, then, then she'd have to do the same. Scruff, Scruff, said Scruff just then, soaring in from the treetops. 
he kind of came down and landed on Cerulean's arm and, and, and gave her a little nuzzle behind the ear, which meant that he, he wanted to take her up above the tree line and show her something. So Cerulean smiled and held on to his scruffs with the hind legs, and off she went up into the air. Whoop, 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 whoop. They soared all the way over Portland until, until the rivers that met were just little scribbles of blue down there. She soared around big old clouds. The wind whipped against her face, and, and she felt free and easy. And a thought occurred to her, you know, she, she was, while she was up there, she, she had an idea in her head. The problem with the magical creatures, according to Detective Calamity, was that if they were out there in the world, they might cause danger to people. Well, wasn't that the same with a, a grizzly bear or a, or a panther or a cougar or whatever? But those animals were still out there in the forests and, and mountains and lakes and all that. Well, so if that is the case, thought Cerulean, why can't we have that with magical creatures? Maybe not for the fire-breathing fire dragons, she kind of chuckled to herself as the wind whipped by her face and she saw more and more of that state of war. Cerulean was just screaming along through the air because Scruff was showing her all kinds of distance and latitude. She didn't realize how fast an Andromeda could go. Pretty soon they were over the ocean, you know? Over the ocean and along the coast. And then Cerulean tugged on, on Scruff's leg a little bit. She was getting tired of hanging there. And she said, let's go home. And so off they went. Scruff took her on home. Landed her down in the forest next to, next to Tin. Well, where did you go? Said Tin, you were gone for so long. Oh. Cerulean was breathing loud. He took me all the way. He took me all the way to the beach. Well, Tim couldn't believe that, but but they just laughed to each other because it was sure fun having a drama dose. That's for sure. But but Cerulean told Tim about her her wondering and her pondering and her thoughts about how you know there were dangerous things out there right now, but they stayed in the wild parts and people were careful. Well, that's true, said Tim, but. Thing the difference between a grizzly bear and, and something like an Andromeda is a grizzly bear can't go to the Oregon coast in five minutes and come back in five minutes. Why, if you put magical creatures out there in the forest, they might just zoom around. How would you know if they were staying in the wild places? Hmm, that's a good thought, said Cerulean. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Well, both of their Andromedos were pretty tuckered out by that point, so they put them in their backpacks and walked home. Cerulean said goodbye to Tin and and made her way back to her house. On the way, she went past McSorley's pet shop and was surprised to see that all the lights were on inside. It seemed that McSorley had returned from his trip, so she went into the store. Well, hello there, Cerulean, said Mr. McSorley. She looked at the old pet shop owner, gruff as, as can be, but a little different because now he looked like he had a little sunburn on him. Well... <laughs> Uh, I was in the in Hawaii and I might have spent a little too much time on the beach. I don't get much vacations. Well, how did you get a vacation in the first place, Cerulean said? That was the funniest thing, said, said Mr. McSorley. I got the mail, same as normal, and there was this pink envelope and I opened it up and it said, You want a trip to Hawaii? I didn't think it was real, of course. You get those kind of wild offers all the time, but I just looked it up and, and sure enough, there was a ticket and a hotel, the whole thing. The whole thing, said Cerulean. Hmm... And she looked out the front window of McSorley's pet shop and saw a, a, a figure sitting there in a dark coat leaning against the lamplight. 
Oh my gosh, she thought, that is detective calamity. Well, enough of this tricky, you know, tricks back and forth and, and undercover this and that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to the head of this right now. What do you mean, said McSorley? You just wait right here. And Cerulean stormed out of the shop and called across the street to Detective Calamity. Detective Calamity, you get in this shop right now. Huh? Said Detective Calamity. Me? Huh? Yeah, you, I see you. Don't pretend like I don't see you. Get over here. So Detective Calamity came in. And he was a little shy to be caught out like that. Because when you're a detective like Detective Calamity, part of what makes you good at your job is able to be hidden when you want to be hidden and sneaky when you want to be sneaky and tricky when you want to be tricky. If you get found out like that, you feel a little bit like a little silly, right? Oh, all right, you caught me. And and Mr. McSorley said, Trillian, why are you bringing Detective Calamity in here? Because for many years, you know, uh, Mr. McSorley and Detective Calamity were at odds with each other. Detective Calamity wanted all the magical creatures kept locked up in a zoo, and Mr. McSorley wanted to let them go free. Well, Cerulean said, I'm going to settle this once and for all. Detective Calamity, what if we let all the most undangerous magical creatures out, and we put them in the wilder places, in the national parks, and we see how that goes. And if that goes okay, we can let out the bigger ones and stuff like that. I don't think we'll ever get to the point where we're letting out fire-breathing dragons, but what if we let them out little by little and just make sure they stay, you know, in the areas where they'll be safe to stay. I like that, said Mr. McSorley. I like that a lot. Well, I don't like it, said Detective Calamity. There might be people who get hurt. They might, how do you know where they're going to stay in those wild places? Aha, uh-huh, I thought of that, said Cerulean. I can monitor them, and so can Tin, and so can people like Jasmine. All you have to do is have a, is have a Andromeda. You know, they can fly so fast, and we can patrol and just make sure everything's all settled up. What do you mean they can patrol, make things all settled up, said Detective Clammy. You mean to tell me that you have been flying with your Andromeda? Yeah, said Cerulean. Scruff is very strong and very fast, and I'm sure it would work. I mean, that sounds good to me. It's incredible, said Mr. McSorley. I didn't know that that people can fly with Andromedos. What an incredible development. I'm going to have to update my magical creature book. Hmm, You've given me a lot to think about, said Detective Calamity. He, He didn't seem too happy about having to do more thinking. You know, a lot of times people get an idea in their head, and they don't like to change it. And that goes for Mr. McSorley, too, because he always thought that animals should be completely wild, completely on their own. He didn't like the idea of, you know, Cerulean out there just, you know, keeping them in a certain area. But I don't know. Sometimes you got to change those, change those ideas, kind of look at them from a different way. Why not? Well, we got one more after this. We'll see what happens. We'll see if Detective Calamity listens to Cerulean's idea or if he remains bullheaded. One last thing, said Cerulean. Were you the reason that uh, Mr. McSorley went on a trip to Hawaii? Well, Detective Calamity sort of blushed at that. Of course he was. True, he had made up the whole thing and uh, funded the entire trip just to get McSorley out of his hair for a little while so he could work on changing Cerulean Tin's minds. And he did change their minds a little bit, but not in the way he thought. Well, we'll see how this all shakes up next week, all right? Until then, I thank you for listening with me. If you have any question, comment, kudo, or concern, record a voice memo and send it to the email bearislandpod at gmail.com, all right? Until next time.
Come back next week and we'll do it again. Love's just a story and it has no end. I'll never tire telling it to you. There's not a day that won't 